Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Uh, got a full crew today, four four of us on deck. Joining me, uh, first and foremost, I don't know who I'm introducing first, but when you're in the rich vein of form that this bloke is, uh, I think he deserved it to be coming on straight away. Uh, it is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, mate, another massive week for you on the weekend, despite not owning Tommy Chaboyevich. Yeah, what a roller coaster. I, um, up until Sunday at two, I was basically going to be the greatest Supercoach weekend of my life. I, and first night, I sat Alex Johnson. He crossed over, got called for four pass, ended up with 20. Then I played Staines instead of him. He scored a hat-trick. Jeez, I enjoyed those beers that night. Might have had a couple <laughs> extra after that. <laughs> then I brought in Dewey. Nofaluma I got the week before. I'm like, this is absolute magic. And I was just sitting there there, and I knew that Sunday at two, things could go a bit south. And obviously, Tommy Trojevich went ballistic with, mm-hmm. to be honest, I've never seen a more dominant display or probably since Andrew Johns. It was unbelievable. Like, fair play to him. It's good to see him in full fight, despite what it did to me. But, yeah, I still ended up with 1,400 despite that. So, managed to jump a few spots into 270. So, uh, we'll get to it soon. But hopefully, Pappy back this weekend, despite him scaring me in the 19 jersey there. And um, we'll see if we can we can soldier on and keep going up, boys. Yeah, very good, mate. Continue the rise. Also joining me is 2019 Supergrads champion, Desi Creek, who's not gone too bad himself. Uh, Desi, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Timmy. I just love not having Tommy Turbo in my team um, <laughs> and watching him go ballistic after I sat here last week on this podcast and I said he wouldn't score over 150 again this season. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling great about that. But, yeah, I, I still managed 1,300-odd without him, which sort of kept me around the same overall ranking, around 1,500. So. You know, guys like Nofaluma, Stephen Crichton, they went, my, my center wing performed pretty well. And I had Monster and Ponga both getting hundreds. So that sort of stemmed the bleeding quite a bit compared to some other non-turbo owners. Desi, you reside on the Northern Beaches. You're a Manly Seagulls fanatic. Your supercoach name is literally Turbo Ervo. And you didn't put Tommy Turbo in your team. What are you doing, mate? Oh, I just wasn't thinking. <laughs> wasn't thinking straight. No, it's because Desi always goes against the crowd. This was bound to happen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I just didn't trust the hammies. I've been burnt by Turbo in the past. You know, I I captained him for 240s in a row when I was coming first, and I almost almost lost Supercoach because of it. So, they're they're my... We spoke about it, Desi. I've been burned as well before, and that's the reason I didn't have him. He's he's barely done anything for me in his life, despite how much I love him. When I don't have him, he does that to us. Guarantee if I get him this week, he does a hammy fourth minute, so I'm just steering clear still. <laughs> yeah, I want Manly to win games, so I'm not trading him yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All good, boys. And uh, a very special guest to the SC Playbook podcast this week. It is Socceroos and Arsenal goalkeeper, and far more importantly, he's a supercoach nerd like the rest of us, Matty Ryan. Matty, how are you, mate? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here, mate. How's it going over in England? Uh, how do you find it as a as a very keen, a very avid super coach, uh, following the games? Um, I suppose the big thing with with team lists overnight. I, I know um, us three here all play EPL fantasy, and it's so hard with with, with team lists and you know just the time zones. How do you find it? 
yeah, I'm probably in the same boat in that respect, um, especially obviously, you know, instances like this week when you got Pappenhausen named as 19th man and all that and, you know, late mail that's coming in and sometimes you're, you know, you, you, you're deep asleep uh, whilst changes are being made and perhaps you miss some things and all that and, yeah, you get left behind a, a little bit uh, in that respect. But, uh, you know, I do my best to, to keep adapting and try and make sure you get your team in order to, yeah, go out and, and hopefully reach your super coach goals at the end of the day. Mate, have you ever set an alarm in the middle of the night for late mail? <laughs> I haven't, no, until now. But um, <laughs> I definitely, definitely come the weekend, you know, from Thursday to, to Sunday, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sort of a little bit more uh, anxious at, at night time, you know, going to sleep. And then I'm, I'm waking up a little bit earlier, you know, just to, to see what the teams are doing and all that type of thing. And um, I'm... I'm I'm tending to wake up earlier in the in the mornings around those days, you know, trying to uh, I guess my mind's just ticking over, trying to get my super coach team in order. So, oh, mate, <laughs> it's good, the, the good fun. One, the one exciting thing about it, I've I've been lucky enough to get over to Europe and do do a little bit of travelling myself. And when you're overseas and there's games on in the middle of the night, waking up in the morning to like two or three super Saturday games and getting the scores there and your super coach updates, it's the best thing. It's so exciting, but again, as you said, so nerve wracking, mate. How's the side running this year? Yeah, and especially during lockdown, uh, Supercoach has kept me pretty sane over here, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, occupying my time for that. So, uh, you know, not, not like you guys there in Australia where you're back to, you know, living living the good life and we're all envious of you. We're, we've just come out of lockdown. So Supercoach has, uh, has helped in, in that regard. But um, I hit the ground running to start the year. I had Teddy Captain early on and I think I was just sitting outside a thousand, one thousand, the top thousand, two thousand around there and since then, I've uh, had a couple of tough weeks, and I've, I've slipped to uh, seven thousand five hundred and sixty-six. I can see here in front of me. Yep. So, uh, yeah, just a couple of um, pod moves I've gone for, which haven't quite paid off, and, and all that. And in doing so, perhaps you know I missed out on the Papali train and these types of guys that have scored well. But um, yeah, thanks to Turbo at the weekend, uh, I bounced back and got some green arrows, and. Um, uh, I scored 1,338 on the weekend, so it's uh, heading in the right direction like uh, like yourself a little bit. Mate, very, very similar. Um, I was 1,378 on the weekend weekend to move into the top 7,000 overall as well, so not far off there. Uh, mate, same thing. Tommy Turbo in a couple of weeks ago, uh, had him as skipper, which didn't save my weekend, but certainly helped it and led to those green arrows. Also brought in Torhu Harris, a bloke who I've never... I shouldn't say not been a fan of in Supercoach because he's rock solid, but I've, I'm always one to chase these massive ceilings. And I don't think Tohu has the ceiling of other back rowers. But when you look at his numbers this year, with more ball in play, his base is just through the roof. The Warriors looking pretty good at times. Jane, some attacking stats. Uh, excellent on the weekend. Also brought in Harawira Naira as a, as a bit of a left-field cheapy pod. Didn't deliver with 43 points, but played 80 again. So I'm optimistic that hopefully he can hold his spot there and deliver uh, um, going forward. Also had on my bench, and I guarantee I'm not the only one here, Jason Saab, Charlie Staines, Bailey Simonson, all who went over 80 points. Staines with his ton there, uh, but was never actually going to play any of them in my team. So I wasn't too worried there, and good to see all of them with negative break-evens. Guys, uh, get into our forum on our website and chat with uh, like-minded super coaches. Get the discussion going ahead of round 10, your trades, your tactics, all those good sort of things. Uh, the contributors will be jumping on as well and helping you out and giving our advice as well. Uh, so, again, keen to continue to keep that rolling on. Fellas, let's jump into the key Supercoach team news for round 10 and far out there's a bit to get through. 
um, namely around the West Tigers and Melbourne Storm because it, it's probably – there may have been weeks this year with more team changes, but in terms of Supercoach-relevant ones, uh, this is about as good as it gets or as bad as it gets, should I say, particularly with you know issues over a few key players this week, namely Dave Fafita, who will probably be done at the, the judiciary tonight uh, by the time we finish recording and by the time we go live – Spy, I'll start with you, mate. Um, Cameron Munster, Harry Grant, both out, expected for two weeks, uh, which then leads into Origin. So they'll probably miss, what, three of the next four or so weeks or the next three weeks. Mate, You, I believe you're a Munster owner and you're, you you pulled out of Harry Grant when he got benched on the weekend. Um, for Munster and Grant owners, are they both sells now? Well, I think so, unfortunately. Um Gee, I was very. I was bringing in Harry Grant last week up until Bellamy starting him from the bench, so I've dodged a bullet there. Um, oh man, <laughs> it's coming around for me at the moment after after last year's debacle. Um, I think you have to sell him because, as you said, he's going to play one of the next four games at this stage, if that, and then he'll be backing up after Origin. You'd imagine, so he might not even play him then, especially if it's a hamstring. Um, I mean, they've got Brandon Smith. Why would you risk him four days after Origin? He might play one of the next five or six weeks. So, mm. unfortunately, I think he's a sell for Harry. Um, for people like me who are looking to bring him in but we're a bit worried about Origin, it's probably a bit of a blessing just because we don't have to make that decision now. Uh, and Munster, again, I'm lucky not to own him, although he turned up last week. I've just got Luai and um, who's my other 5 at the moment? Oh, Dewey, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. But if you, if you own Munster, I think, again, you have to sell him because you might get one out of the next five games. Um, you can get someone like Jerome Luai, Dewey at a low break even. They will get to him shortly on what's happened there. Um Cody Walker's still an option as well. Um, so, yeah, I think they're sells for both. Yeah, that's it, mate. And, look, I don't think we need to go on about those too much more because, again, expected to miss, you know, two or three weeks in a row, a lot of money on the pine. And the big thing is they're in key positions with key buy coverage players with massive ceilings. So I just don't see a world where, where you can be holding on to either of those. So a massive blow, pretty early out of nowhere for their owners. Desi. Mate, the West Tigers, Madge Maguire has lost the plot. Um, I always liked him as a coach. You know, he's got the track record behind him, premiership with the Bunnies, plenty of good stuff. Mate, I mean, where do we start at the Tigers? Adam Dewey, who's the best player in their side at the moment by a mile, absolutely carved up the Titans on the weekend, namely late in the game, um, much to, to the happiness of the spy over there. Um, Dewey to centre, Moses Embai from centre to 5'8", Sean Bloor, a good one for super coaches out of this team news. Sean Bloor comes onto the bench for his first game of the season in the number 15 jumper. Zach Sini, the cheapie from last week, dropped from the squad entirely. Um, a lesson in not to go too early on cheapies unless they're locked into roles. Stefano Utakamanu dropped out of the squad as well. He was a round 13 player for us, although everyone owns him, so not a huge blow. Jake Simpkin dropped to the bench. Sorry, dropped, dropped out of the 17. Jacob Little into the team in nine. Desi, make sense of that madness for me. I uh, simply can't. I, I really don't know what they're doing with Dewey. I mean, even the commentators of the games, they're saying, yeah, Dewey's position is 5'8". He's, he's obviously excelling there quite a bit, averaging over 75 in Supercoach. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just the smoke screen and he does play there. It just it makes way more sense. Why the hell would you shift a guy to center after he's produced a performance like that, 140 agree, in Supercoach? It's it's just absurd. And putting M by there, he's just... He's he's lost the plot, Madge. But yeah, I, I think Bloor's a good pickup for people. I 
I'm very much looking at him myself, but you can give him a few weeks. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dewey stay at 5'8 come game day. Yeah. I'm with you, mate. I I don't think Madge is that mad to uh to drop his you know his inform five eight to the centres where he'd just be his ball playing be wasted. I mean, he single handedly got the Tigers back into that game and gave him a sniff on the weekend. It's just an odd smoke screen. Like, there's no debutants at hooker or in the halves or centres or anything. Or to our knowledge, anyway. So it's just a really weird one. But I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll come game day and the Tigers playing game one. So that's good news for those who do want to bring in Adam Dewey. Uh, we will know if he's playing five eight or centre um, before kick off in round one before that first lockout. Um, what else have we got there? Um, Matty Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, there'll be some a few nervous moments for those who held Ryan Pappenhausen. I know the Spies one of them, not named in the starting team, but he has been named in the extended squad. Uh, Nico Hines named at number one again. Matty, are you a Pappenhausen owner? And I mean, are we thinking he comes into that side, or, or what do you reckon? Yeah, I am, mate. I decided to hold on to him. Um, yeah, you know, originally hoping that he wasn't going to be out too long. Uh, I must admit, when I woke this morning and seen team lists, uh, my heart skipped the beat saying that he was yeah, not not starting fullback in, in there in Jersey 19. Um, but, yeah, fingers crossed uh, him being around the squad means that come match day he will get into it. But, I mean, they play quite late in the round, so um, we're not going to know until until quite late. So that that could provide a bit of a, a speed bump as well in terms of trades and, and thought process thought processes this week. So, uh, yeah, sit and watch for that one. Just on that one, boys, with Pappenhausen playing the second last game it is, if you do own him, um, I mean, I was probably going to skip him first game back at Suncorp, but I really can't do that now because you have him on, in your starting side. So he doesn't play your Copa Nordo emergency. Just have a look at what you can do. So, for example, I can put him to my bench and then I'm lucky enough to have Charlie Staines playing the last game afterwards so I could play him if Pappenhausen is out. But just have a look and see if you need to sort of do something or you might be unlucky enough that you have to cop that auto emergency but have a look at your squad it'll be different for everyone um just see what you can do but i would advise if you've got someone like ponga or travoyevich or teddy playing earlier to make sure they're in your starting side so you can do what you you need to do with pappenhausen if he's a late scratch yeah fair shouts there mate uh at the canberra raiders who are a pretty super coach irrelevant side this year you know there's no stars in that side particularly no super coach stars um, Ryan James is still owned by a fair amount of people, doesn't play around 13. He's been named on the bench, you know, which sort of doesn't mean anything tremendous. Um, for those that did jump on Harawira Naira last week, Joe Tapney out, uh, Ryan Sutton out, both obviously middle forwards, Taps more than capable of playing on the edge. Hudson Young comes in at lock. So good news for the job security of Harawira Naira. Um, Desi, well, I won't ask Des because myself and Des bought in CHN last week. Still not upset about it, but um, not the output we wanted at this time. Job security looks better. Spy, he made 40-odd K. He's still got a very low break even. Is CHN um, a guy you'd still be considering this week, particularly at back row where we'll get to Dave Fafita in a minute, but where Dave Fafita could be out for two weeks and people will be looking for back rows. Would you still be considering him or is he just not quite shown enough, particularly after that third game? Yeah, I just don't think he's shown enough and probably not his fault, really. I think he had like five runs or something for the match. He had two two offloads in that. So he's, we know what he's capable of, uh, but when you've got someone like Satili Tupanua at a similar price or maybe a little bit more expensive who's locked in for 80 minutes and a bit of a try-scoring machine at times, I'd much prefer a guy like that who you can trust. Um, so he's not off my radar, but I think there's better options mm. if you don't already own. 
Jesse, uh, you're a Takiaho owner. Like, his role in this team changed. Not, I was going to say his role in this team. His super coach credentials seem to change every single week, um, whether it be due to injury, whether he's named to start, off the bench, goal kicking, something changes. Uh, mate, he's off the bench this week. How does that make you feel as an owner? I'm content with it. I mean, he was off the bench last week, if I'm correct. Yeah, so he, he's, he can still get 60s, 70s off the bench. He's still playing 60-odd minutes. Um, I think he's he's still viable to hold. There's not really that much depth in front row forward right now. So if you have TKO, I would be holding. If you don't, I wouldn't be buying. It, it's right, right in the middle. Yeah, you've um, surely you're gonna have more spot fires to put out this week than TKO being named on the bench. Um, Sam Walker named to play despite a bit of an injury concern there of his availability. Victor Radley also named. Um, Adam Kieran named on the bench. Lachlan Netlam named to start at five eight alongside Walker. Uh, good news there for Walker is that so Drew Hutchinson's out. We assume probably Sammy Walker kicks goals. Um, so when Kieran came on last week, he took over the goal kicking, which he'll probably do when he's on the field this week. But I dare say he won't get sort of too many minutes. Good news for Sammy Walker and those. I mean, everyone with all these injuries and potentially for feeder out, he's probably going to have to play him this week. I also really like um, Walker and Radley in particular being named is massive for James Tedesco owners because uh, in the first sort of 15 minutes before Radley got knocked out um, on the weekend, the Roos just looked so much better side with him in there. Um, just the way he links up with his halves, who then link up with Teddy, I think it's massive for his Supercoach credentials. So really, really big news for Teddy there. At the Bunnies, Jai Arrow named on the bench. Desi, you, did you jump on Arrow last week? I did, I did. It was fascinating. Bad timing on that one. I didn't expect a 50-0 flogging, but he still played enough minutes to, if it was any other game, he would be getting 60, 70-odd points. But, mm. yeah, it's just unfortunate. And I might that, have to yeah. sit Arrow this week off That's the it, mate. You, you know, last week was what it was. It was 50-0 drubbing against the Storm. You wouldn't have expected too many points in him anyway. In that one, it was more for a, a trade going forward. Played 51 minutes, which is an improvement, and good enough for Arrow to score well. But bench this week. I mean, Liam Knight starting at I don't. Bennett does not want to start that bloke, but not to worry there, mate. But uh, again, as far as you wouldn't be buying him this week, and with Origin looming now, uh, Cam Murray back in a few weeks, there's question marks there. So, mate, you're pretty unlucky there, I have to say. Um, Maddie Kurt Capewell is out. Uh, he had a late HIA last week, which he failed. Um, won't be available this week. He'll obviously be playing for the Maroons this season, or be in and around that squad somewhere. So he won't play round 13. Um, are you an owner, mate, um, of, of Kurt Capel? Uh, no, mate. A couple of weeks ago, actually, it was between selling him and um, uh, Dane Laurie because uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think I, I was wanting to get, I think, Toru in at that stage, and I think I had to get one of them out in order to get him in. And, uh, yeah, obviously around the origin and all that, uh, around 13 buyer, I ended up uh, yeah keeping Dane Laurie and moving uh, Kirk Capewell on. Um, he's, uh, he's obviously done a great job there for, for owners and yeah, he's, he's probably peaked in price and all that now. And I know obviously with the, the depth that the Panthers have in a couple of the blowout scores and all that, he's, um, he's sort of had an early shower and all that. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he's probably someone that you can move on that's, you know, can, can play around 13 now and it's going to hopefully – yeah, score you 50, 60, 70 points uh, in, in that buy round, which would be vital. Mm, that's it, mate. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think the writing's been on the wall for Capewell for a few weeks now. Um, 
So I, there's a big chance I'll be trading him out this week. Um, but, I mean, the only thing is that the reserves we do have between sort of Simonton against the Dogs, Charlie Staines against the Titans, um, there's some pretty nice matchups there that will allow people to replace him if they do want to hold on to Kurt Capel. But not playing round 13, again, likely to get some extended rest over Origin. Uh, I do think he's a sell for a player with that round 13 availability. Jacob Arthur, I believe it's the son of Brad Arthur, debuting for the Eels in the halves there. Really exciting. Haven't seen much of him at all, to be honest. Um, I think this is good news for the entire Parramatta Eels' right edge and namely Blake Ferguson. Um, while you might be a bit worried over the debutant coming in there, I think it was uh, Will Smith played in the halves earlier in the season when Dylan Brown was out. And there was just, I mean, Will Smith's a ball runner. He goes to the line, he takes it on. Great footballer, uh, has a lot to offer. But in terms of distributing the ball out wide and getting it to your centres and wingers, he's not the man for the job. So I think having a genuine halfback in there or 5'8", um, surely means only good things for Blake Ferguson. Uh, but I'm a little bit worried that that left edge at the Eels gets all the ball through Mitchie Moses uh, and through to Sebo. Bit of a concern there. Uh, and lastly, Spy, Dave Fafita. We touched on him before. I think he's at Judiciary tonight facing, looks like it'll be zero or two weeks out. Uh, if he does fail and misses two weeks, He'll miss the next two. He'll play round 12, and then he'll be out for round 13 for Origin. With At over 850K, mate, he, he is selling him if he fails at the judiciary. Yeah, he might be my way to Isaiah Papalihi. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to do that, and I was sort of unwilling to spend that kind of coin on him. But if Fafita's out for three of the next four games, at least, again, with Origin, we don't know if they'll back up either or play full minutes. So I, I might have to have a good look at uh, getting Papali in for Fafita if if that's the case. There's probably every chance he does get downgraded. It was There wasn't much to it. He pretty much just grabbed him with his giant hands and put him on the ground. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think, though, I think he's a sell. If you if he yeah. does get more than more than one week, one week is fine, but two weeks is is gone for me. Uh, what about you, Desi? If it's two weeks, you're selling. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, again, plenty of spot fires to put put out. Some people have got out of it all right. Some people have been all sorts. I'm wondering where it all went went wrong. Um, but look, that's the joys of Supercoach. Guys, if you're interested in our subscription package, package $30 for the NRL content, $40 for our NRL and Big Bash package at the end of the season. It uh, gives you access to hundreds of extra articles across the seasons. Um, also access to our subscriber special podcast where we jump on there, record that of a Thursday, Arvo, and make sure that we answer your questions every each and every week. Uh, it be massive support to the site, so jump in if keen. If not, plenty of free content to read anyway. Guys, topic for this week, squad depth, and in particular, NPRs, non-playing reserves. Um, it's an issue that I see uh, being very prevalent at the back end of this season. And what I mean there is that um, there's a lot of teams or supercoach squads who, who are already running with non-playing reserves in their team. Um, what that is, obviously, guys who aren't in actual NRL teams, they might not be any chance of playing this season or very little. Um, they're not making money. You know, you know, it's a, not a good thing sort of to have lying around your team. Um with how quick the game is this year, with more ball in play, um, we're seeing all these injuries. We're seeing all these HIAs. We're seeing – I can just I, – I think there's going to be a lot of players rested, particularly in the good sides and the ones who are secured in the top four um, in the back end of the season. I think, you know, whether we see more injuries, HIAs, I'm not sure. But, Spy, I see it being very risky to put nuffs in your team this year and NPRs. Mate, I'm going to do everything I can to have as close to 25 players in my squad 
because this is a great week as well, uh, example this week. It's only round 10, uh, and there's going to be people scrapping for decent 17s. Mate, I, I'm looking at depth. Um, you know, I want quantity in my side. What are you thinking? Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't know if I'd go quite as dramatic as you with 25, although it mightn't be a bad thing to have. I had a quick look at it before we got on today. Um, you've obviously got your starting 13. Then you probably want, at a minimum, one back up from each position. So a hooker, a front rower, a second rower, half, five, eight, centre and fullback. Mm. That gives you 20. That's what you want as a bare minimum because you also need to cover positions. I mean, if you've got an injury in the back row or you need to bring someone in, injury in the centres, you need to bring someone in. So if you can get 20 decent players who do a job, that's good. But then, yeah, I think you probably want another couple of guys, 21 to 23 maybe, who can just do that sort of job for you, even if it is a Bailey Simonson who, if you play him, you hope to get 25, 30, but he's got tries in him like last week. As long as they're there for you. And the big one is as well, it's not just that. It's also buy coverage. So if you've got so you've got four non-players sitting there, that's four guys that won't be playing either bye week. Um, that's points you could be getting. So mm. I've got two in there at the moment. I've got um, luckily Sean Bores playing, my boy. I knew he'd be... He'll be back soon, but I've got Tukey Simpkins and um, Hayes Dunster, who I was hoping was going to get a start. But what I can do is maybe look at bringing – we'll get to him later – a fantastic option on Twitter raised not long ago, Tommy Flegler, at a cheap price. You can bring someone in like that. He plays the buy, could get you an extra 50 points in the buy and make your money. That is so vital, and he gives you coverage if one of your front rowers goes down. So all those things for me are huge. So I think maybe 21 to 22 is good. Any more is a bit of a bonus for me without sort of looking really deeply into it at this stage. Yeah. I, I think I think there's going to be squads left very, very short in the back end of this season, potentially even over the origin period. I'm just having a quick look now. Let's say um, origin one will be on when, uh, Wednesday. Two days later on the Friday, the Panthers play. Let's say the Panthers are runaway leaders by that time in the competition or even them in the storm and they're two or three clear of everyone else. Nathan Cleary's been busted and, and belted from pillar to post in origin on Wednesday. There's every single chance that he gets rested on that Friday night with, with how heavy duty this season is. You know, last year was a 20-game season. This season's 25, back to the full length. Um, I can, gee, I can see players getting rested this season. I mean, Tommy Turbo's another one who, who will be in that origin one game, mainly play on the Friday night at 6 o'clock. Are you going to risk Tommy Turbo's hammies on that backup? Desi, what's your take on it, mate? Because I know you're a bit heavier on NPRs than, than I have been. We've spoken about our longer, short-term strategies. Are you a little bit worried about this now or still happy with your, your ploy? I think the, the whole topic is highly speculative. Like, not so much about more like more, having more ball in play and blowout wins. I agree with all that sort of stuff. But I think the speculation comes in talking about Nuffs, uh, I think nothing is always going to have its place in Supercoach. You can't, you can't win without nothing. It's as simple as that. You can't have a whole team of twenty-five players playing. You need Nuffs to have the strongest seventeen players as fast as possible. Correct. When I'm saying I want a full squad, I'm, I'm saying twenty-three or so. I'm saying yeah, twenty-five is not necessary. Like one or two Nuffs, okay, but yeah, carry on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it is obvious that this year you, you need less Nuffs. Um, but yeah, at this stage, it's pretty impossible to know the correct number. But I think the best advice would be ensure that you have a backup gun in all the single positions. So that's hooker, fullback, and both half positions. Yeah. So you can nuff one of each of front row forward, second row forward, and center wing. 
So probably three knocks. That's that's the max you'd want to do this season. If you do any more than three knocks leading down the track into the buys and the restings, I think you're in trouble. But um, I think three is the magic number that I've got my eye on. Yeah, nice, Desi. That's a real good call, mate. Uh, the other thing I'd say is post-buys is a different story. Once once Origin's done and dusted and you know that resting's going to be a little bit less, you might be able to nuff a couple of extra guys heading into like the, the final rounds, but certainly through that Origin period, different story. Well, you look at the, the end of last season. Um, again, it was only a 20-game season, and those last few rounds, not all too well because of how stressful it was, but... I think it was round 19 or it might have been round 20, the second or, or it was both weeks, the last and second last weeks of the years. I know the Raiders rested nearly their entire side. The Sharks did the same. The Storm one week rested half their side. Penrith were pretty good and, and played pretty well everyone. But I, and, and that was a season without origin in the middle and in a slightly slower game, albeit it was quite quick last year as well. Um, Spire, I, I disagree, Matt. I, I think there's going to be a lot of rest in, after origin. That's fair. Um... And I think it's really important we look at this probably post-Origin, probably the week after, because we'll know what's going on there. But in the interim, I totally agree. You don't want any more than two or three. Uh, if you've got four plus, start getting some guys in. I think that's probably the message, mm-hmm. hey, boys? And the, um, the spies in the process of putting together an article or two around uh, the you know the key supercoach players that will be on quick Origin backups who might be those higher chance at, at getting re- uh, rested, nuffs, all that sort of stuff around the key buy coverage coming in the next few weeks. Uh, Maddie, what's your take on it all, mate? Do you see it being? Uh, do you put more emphasis on on getting a, a fuller squad this year, or again, you're, you're looking at paying up for those big guns and the odd nuff isn't too bad? Yeah, I can see I can see sense in both ways working. I guess. You know, if you're going to nuff up and get these big guns, um, and and obviously limit yourself in the depth, I guess you're going to need a bit of luck that yeah, these players aren't going to get rested, or fingers crossed, they're not going to get injured. And if that happens, then um, and, and they manage to stay fit and score well, then you know it's probably going to lead to you doing very well. And on the other hand, um, if if it doesn't pan out that way, and you get um, you know some bad luck through suspension, injuries, and those types of things, and you don't have that depth, that's where you're going to get stung. So um it's it's a bit like you know once you make the decision until it plays out and you know how it goes you're not really going to know whether it was the right or wrong decision in terms of what way you went so um up until now uh i think early in the season obviously you want to be making your money and all that so i haven't had any well the only enough i had was was sean Bloor, and obviously he's, he's back and on the bench this week um you know i was one of those naive super coaches that went a week early on uh Senior, um, <laughs> after his uh, his decent score the first week, um, he could be then, back, uh, mate. Absolutely, yeah. You, you don't know, obviously. Um, fingers crossed for for the young the young guy. He will be, but um, but yeah, I think um, at this stage, um, you know, my head's around the buyers and getting as many players um, in in that first buy as, as possible. And I think. I think it'll be a matter of circumstance post by as to how my squad's looking in terms of what I do. Obviously, if I can, if I, if I'm if I'm having enough someone out in order to get in a you know someone I really want a you know a gun who's going to score well, then you know, I may well opt to do that. Or I think it'll just it will depend on the outlook of my team. Mm, nice, man. Nice. It's 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 a very it's a fine line. You know, we talk about this long game versus short game strategy. Basically, myself feed Desi, paying off for Desi so far the short game. Uh, I'm a little bit below where I want to be, but I'm pretty confident w- with a fuller squad and you know cash generation that I can come home strong. 
But at the same time, it's all good and well having these players um, when teams are short, uh, come the back end of the season when all the rest are happening. But at the same time, you can't leave your run too late, can you? I mean, you, you can't be sitting in seven or 8,000 with five or six rounds to go. You, you're not going to win it from there. So it's a fine line on getting that right. And again, as we keep saying, there's no right or wrong answer, but just different approaches. What do you reckon, Spy? I was just going to say, can we get Top Sport to frame a market, short game versus long game, and see <laughs> maybe what you're paying to come home and beat Desi? Because uh, that could generate some interest. Get a line on it as well. <laughs> yeah, 1,000 points, unders, overs. <laughs> Guys, Quantum have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Quantum are Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in the career fuel by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Fellas, let's jump into our hot topics of the week. And uh, I think far and above the, the most common question we had across social media in the last couple of days is what to do with Mitch Barnett and Connor Watson because... It's all been about all season. How is Lachlan Fitzgibbon's return going to impact the Knights and, more importantly, their Supercoach rotations, mainly being Barnett and Watson? Well, we now know he's been back for a week. Mitchie Barnett, I think, played 44 minutes. Connor Watson was about 39. Barnett named to start at lock this week. Connor Watson off the bench. Um, two really, really massively owned players. Uh, you now take Harry Grant off the table as a hooking option. So the Watson to him, which would look pretty easy this week, now becomes a little bit clouded. Um, Desi, what are you doing with Mitch Barnett, Connor Watson? I believe you own both. Uh, no, I sold Barnett as a bit of an antipod a few weeks back, which has worked mm. out pretty well. I yep. own Watson. I, I talked him up a, a fair bit on Twitter. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like a sell. <laughs> They're both sells for mine, I think. Uh I think you could probably slide Watson to Reed Marnie because I think he's just an out-and-out gun. He's a keeper, and he plays that first buy round, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, so it'll be – yeah, I think most people will be trading in Reed Marnie if they have the money. I think he'll be one of the most traded in this week. Mm. Spy, what are you doing? 100%, I think Watson to Marnie could be the go in two weeks. I'm – I'm sort of cautious of just dropping guys straight away. Um, obviously, that's trades due, Trades being used. Watson, I'd be pretty happy to sell, but Marnie's coming off being knocked out on the weekend. Obviously, may not play, but could you, could lose a bunch of cash as well. So, if you can sort of just wait a week or two, uh, I think that's going to be a nice play, providing Watson doesn't play extra minutes. On Barnett, though, he sort of – he played, what, 44 minutes or something. He scored 46 I think if he could get back to 50, 55 minutes, you could see him basing 55 or 60 with his attacking potential as well. So maybe he is a hold through that first buy. Uh, he hopefully goal kick that week as well. Uh, on the flip side, if he comes out and plays 40-odd minutes this week again, yeah, I think you've got to let him go. And I'm, I'm obviously wary that he's going to drop a bit of cash if that happens this week, but I think that's where tr- saving potential trades and, and points and the like uh, sort of get over the top of just money value. Um, so I'm happy to hold for the week, but I could understand why people want to sell. But yeah, if he comes out and plays 55, 60 minutes in the middle, you're laughing, I think, and then you can yeah. sell him around 14. I'm going to hold for now. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely holding Barnett at very least for one week, but very likely through to round 13. The way I see it is he plays round 13. Ponga's going to be out, so he should be goal-kicking with a bit of luck. Um, Tyson is going to be out, so surely there's his 80-minute roll back there on the edge. Uh, as the spy alluded to, even if he goes that 50, 60 minutes in the middle, um, he'll tick you along until that round 13 and then he's an easy sell-off in round 14. 
very aware that he might lose 100K in that time. And he, if he plays 40 minutes this week, I won't play him in my 17 next week. Um, I'm willing to lose 100, 120K to have an 80-minute back rower, probably goal-kicking in round 13. So not a sell for me. Maddie Watson and Barnett, what are you doing? Yeah, um, I'm probably leaning towards uh, – well, I think it's dependent also on Fafida and what goes on there and if we get any news on Pappenhausen and, and all that also um, as to what I'm going to do. But, uh, you know, I've been watching Watson's minutes the last couple of weeks and I thought he just got an early shower um, a couple of times against Penrith in a couple of harder matchups where, you know, there were no chance of coming back in the match and I felt – you know, I thought – Obviously, the coach O'Brien. I thought he was just giving him an early shelter, saving for the, you know, the more friendlier draw coming up, hopefully, and, and that he was going to be out on the pitch then and keeping him fresh there. But uh, yeah, with Fitzgibbon coming back now, that's obviously had an impact on that. But um, yeah, at this stage, I think I, I may be holding um, the, the both of them for one more week and, and see. But yeah, I mean, like you say, that that Barnett one for round thirteen with Ponga not there and all that. Uh, you know, goal kicking and all that, it could be a vital one for, for there. So, um, yeah, I think at the minute I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold. Yeah, nice, mate. Um, Josh Schuster, uh, been a revelation this season in NRL and in Supercoach, averaging 48 across his past two games, a break-even of 83. Uh, Desi, you're a manly man. Um, would you be looking to move Josh Schuster on? He doesn't play around 13. He's probably peaked in price, we'd say done his job um, or tempted to hold? No, I'll, I'll be selling Schuster this week for sure for one of the gun 5.8s who will probably be playing the bye, maybe an Adam Dewey, maybe even straight to Jerome Luai. I'm not sure yet. But, yeah, Schuster's just – he's not running the ball. I think he had five runs last week, which is just not enough. Five runs and a line break for 43 points. Just it's he's not cutting it. Um, uh, he, he's got the Broncos this week, albeit, but I still think he's a sell. Mm. See, the way the way I see Schuster, I'm not sure if I said on last week's podcast or the sub-special podcast or something, uh, brought up somewhere, but look, it hasn't happened yet, to be fair, but I've never seen a bloke in the NRL that's drawn more attention from a defensive line than Tommy Chaboyevich. When he slides out the back of an attacking, of, he's got the block runner in front of him, and he's going out the back, you look at the eyes of the defenders, they're looking straight at Tommy and they just peel off. Uh, in years gone by, it was Joel Tomo who would just go through these massive holes, just short off DC or, or whoever the other half was at the time, and scored the easiest tries. He's playing on that left edge of Manly Schuster. Oh, I can just see him scoring a lot of attacking points in coming weeks as long as Tommy Jaboyevich is fit and taking attention off them. Um, Spy, what are you doing with Schuster? So I sold him last week for Dewey as a bit of a sort of pod move, but... Yeah. The only reason I really wanted to do that is, A, as Desi said, his runs are down. So if unless he is making those line breaks and scoring, he might only go okay. And the other thing is he doesn't play the first buy. So he's made you a heap of cash to sell to a bloke that's either a gun keeper or a really good buy option. Um, I think I actually think that's the option, despite what you're saying. I think that's, I think that's the move because... I think by coverage, if you can get someone good, it's just going to be very handy. And with, with shoes work rate at the moment, um, I wouldn't want to be relying on those tries at this stage. Yeah. See, for me, it was I'm waiting to go Schuster to Luai in round 13 if Luai were to miss Origin, which I don't think he will. I think Luai will play Origin. Um, but, again, going earlier, I don't mind, I don't hate the idea of selling him either. Um, 
you know, Munster won't be there now. He's not an option. Um, Dewey moves to centre, so now he's less of an option. Um, all of a sudden, they're all these five eight options. I already own Cody Walker, who had a stinker on the weekend. There's less decent five op- eight options out of nowhere. But you know, maybe just go early on Luai and, and take his scores in the, in the meantime. On Adam Dewey, Maddie, let's say he does. If he moves to five eight, I think we all agree he looks like a pretty good buy there. Sorry, if he stays at five eight, if he does move to centre. How does that impact it for you, mate? Is he still a buy at centre or not? I'd be tentative. The one um, thing going in your favour. Oh, sorry. The spy. The spy's just jumped in on the on the guest car. I've just given a big big shoulder charge. You continue, mate. I kind of zoned out for a second, and I was like, "Oh no, who do you ask?" <laughs> you guys are the expert. You guys are the experts. So I'm happy for uh, you guys to take the reins if you like. No, mate. Uh, you jump in, mate. You jump in. The spy's butt. Well, my, my my quick two cents worth. I think if if he yeah makes that move to center and he you know come come game day he's not back in that five eight role. I think he's a watch. Um, yeah, he's obviously been devastating with the ball in hand and being in that center position. He, he probably gets less of that then. So I think he'd be a watch if he moves there uh, for me. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you, um, Spy. I feel like you've got something to say on this issue. <laughs> well, I'm zoned back in now. I'm listening. I do have a tendency to fade out at times. Um, <laughs> so I was, what I was going to say was if you did want to take the pun on someone like Schuster to Dewey, Schuster, uh, Dewey's got that 140 in his break even for another couple of weeks. So he will make you cash. Uh, and it's a pod gamble in that sense that you hope he will go back to 5'8", even if it's next week. One of the thoughts I was having the Savo was – I, I can't understand why Jock Madden would be on the bench. If you're going to debut a halfback, surely you give him the, the job to start the match and give him 80 minutes to do his thing. So do they maybe want Umbai partnering 14. him just as an experienced head or does he go to 14 and play with Brooks? Something like that could absolutely happen. Mm. So there's just a bit to unfold at the Tigers and maybe next week it goes back to to Dewey at 5'8". But yeah, I think it's a bit of a gamble and it could go either way, but just think of that money. At least you've got that cushion in hand if you do take him but i'd probably be hesitant desi you wrote a ripper 58 article for us um yesterday and seriously in the space of one day um dylan brown's been suspended for three weeks dewey's possibly moved to center cam munster's gone for a few weeks how much has that changed already mate and i mean i suppose the big one is what are your thoughts on dewey at center because it's the million dollar question this week yeah, no, he's he's definitely not a buy at center. If he's mm. if he stays at center, I'm avoiding. If he's at five eight, I'm buying. Yeah, it's, it's as simple as that right now. But yeah, five eight definitely it's a spanner in the works. That article got out just in time. Yeah, and I mean, like it'd be so much easier if we knew for some reason Luol wasn't playing five eight. He's just lock him in for the Blues. That is, but because we don't know who the Origin five eight is going to be, you don't really want to pull the trigger and 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 be short a gun five eight in that round. Um. Desi, Ryan Madison is bounced back, not bounced back, he's come back from uh, his head knocks, played two 80-minute games in a row, being the weapon that he is, reminding us how good he is at Supercoach. Um, again, if Fafita's out in particular, people are going to need a back rower. Mate, would you be going early on Ryan Madison? Because the way I see it is, gee, it's tempting, but, mate, he's that fragile up top. Um, I'm going to be waiting to round 13, I also think there's an origin risk of him as well if he continues to stay fit through to that. Would you go early? I would. I would. I was actually tempted to last week. Um, I was so close to doing it because I had the money to get him over guys like Arrow and CHN. I, I just wanted Madison so bad because he's just such a huge pod right now. No one has him up the top of the rankings. 
and he is in the top three of that second row forward position. So uh, I think you just have to take the head knocks with a grain of salt. If he gets head knocked, he gets head knocked. You just have to you have to adapt and move on. But I think if he stays fit, he will reward you. Yeah, look, I mean, arguably, arguably behind um, David Cedar at the moment, I think he's probably the number two second row forward option. Averaged 75 last year and he's just so, so consistent. Spy, I have a feeling you might be bringing him in this week, mate. I'm very close, mate. As we know, I'm pretty scared of head knocks and we discussed in the preseason. But if you think about it, you do bring Madison in, you really just want him to get you through to that first buy. If he plays that first buy and the game's in the interim, he's going to be brilliant for you. He'll probably make you some cash as well, no doubt. Uh, and worst case, if he does get uh, – if he fails a HIA again and misses another four or five weeks, you've basically wasted only one trade in doing it because – how it would work is instead of getting player X, you get Madison, then you move to player X if he gets mm, knocked out. So yeah. it's one extra trade. And for the, for a guy of that calibre at that price, uh, if a feeder isn't, if, if a feeder isn't cleared tonight, he's got to be a hell of an option. Yeah. Yeah, look, I don't mind it, but far out. Gee, he's, he's a fragile fella at the moment. So I think I'll be waiting until round 13, but that could change by the end of the week pretty easily. Uh, Jason Tamlolo, just obviously one to keep an eye on. Third game of the season on the weekend, and he punched out a ton and looked very good in the process. Uh, the biggest thing for Tamlolo was that he played big minutes there, um, 71 minutes against the Broncos. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it, I said it before the weekend, but I think he'll be the most traded in player in round 14 with that, uh, the round 16 or 17 by coverage, should I say. Um, looking good, he'll be dirt cheap as well. We'll get on Jason Tamolo, but probably no need to go early. He's still got a break even of 77, so we can have another look at him. He does have a few, I don't know if he has injury niggles, but he has missed a fair few games in the past or in recent years as a result. Um, Matty, you're a Paramount Eels fan. You'd be pretty happy with them at the moment. Junior Paulo, mate, all those people who, I mean, bought him up red hot start to the season and then he just hit the skids, less minutes, punched out 30s and 40s. Um, held strong. I held on to him. He delivered on the weekend in, I think it was 69 minutes of game time, had four or so offloads, couple of them, and just looked awesome. Um, I don't think you're an owner, mate, but is Junior Paulo at a dirt cheap price? What is it? A bit over 400K. Is he on your radar or do we need to see another week out of him or two weeks even? Um. I was an owner towards the back end of last year of Supercoach where he had scored really strongly and I think it was, I think he had some back spasms sort of mid-year and I think I jumped on after that and I think I was a little bit in the same circumstances as what you are now, a little bit underwhelmed by him um, and that was enough of a scar for me not to want to consider him uh, again this year, uh, well, so far anyway. Um you know, having bottomed out now at that, that price, I mean, you've got to consider him, I guess, he's someone that's got quite a big ceiling for, for a front rower as well. And, um, and yeah, I mean, obviously the article at the beginning of the year where, you know, you all that talk about him playing much bigger minutes. I mean, I don't know if they've been trying to manage an injury that he's had recently, you know, for the reasoning behind yeah. the drop in, in yeah. minutes um, the last few weeks or whatnot. I'm not too sure. Maybe I'll have to... You know, call on my paramedical friends that I've got there to try get the inside scoop or something like that, and um, yeah, see if he's a, a worthy trading or, or or not in the coming weeks. Mm, we'll hold you to that, mate, because that'd be bloody fantastic. However, as an owner, uh, and he, now he's finally showing something, uh, I don't want people to, to jump on the bandwagon. But 
again, it's only one good week. Spy, you're pretty keen on him as soon as this week even, potentially. Yeah, well, I can go um, Stefano Tukamanu straight to Paulo for like 80000 bucks, yeah. which is amazing. So depending on what else I do this weekend, it's got to be a consideration. Obviously, they did have a couple of guys get knocked out last week, which might have changed the rotation there. But, geez, he's cheap, and we know what he can do. Yeah, look, he's. Uh, I'd be waiting a week. He's got a break even of 45, <laughs> even if he does punch out a ton this week with a try or something. He's not going to go out that much money. You can watch his minutes. Um, and to see how he goes. I, I don't think – you can't ignore the fact that in the, the weeks prior, he went 29, 41, 39, 37. Um, don't make rash trades on one good game. So For I, sure. I, I'd, For be, sure. I'd be holding off. Um, Desi, Tohu Harris now averaging 82 points per game. How – I mean, he's as rock solid as you can get in Supercoach. How vital is he to teams at the moment? And, I mean, if Fafida does miss two games – He'll probably be the number one target for everyone. It, like, is he a must-have or not quite? Uh, well, Spy Spy talked me out of getting Tohu quite a few weeks back when I was real keen yeah. on him, and he's he's scored quite a few tries since. His his attacking stats are up there um, compared to previous seasons, but that actually kind of makes me a bit more wary on him. Like, his his base stats are probably probably still in the 50, 60 range. And I think he'll be getting that, those sort of scores most weeks. So I wouldn't say Tohu Harris is going to win you or lose you, Supercoach. No. If that's kind of what you're asking, he's not absolutely vital. He's solid, but he's not the absolute pinnacle. So mm. averaging 82, really good. Um, probably definitely bringing him in for the uh, second buy round, but not rushing him in just yet. Yeah, second by round's the go, I reckon. Um, if Barnett can hold a bit of value and score some points, he'd be the perfect round 14 trade, I reckon. Yeah, and I've said it for years in Supercoach, but look, I, th- I think a must-have player is someone who has a ceiling of, you know, one nowadays it's 150-plus. It used to be sort of 120-plus. Of 150-plus, um, who can really hurt you if you don't own them while punching out consistent scores in the process? That's a must-have. Tohu Harris on the weekend couldn't have been happy as a new owner with 104 points. But in that, he had a try, a line break, a try assist, and a line break assist, and still only got 104. So when you talk about ceilings or lack thereof, it's Tohu Harris. I mean, he's not going to score two or three tries and set up tries and go 150. So um, watch me at my words, and I hope I do as an owner. But um, great buy, but yeah, not a must-have, uh, but will be close to it or very vital for that that second buy week in, in round 17. Um all right, another one which is a very popular one for a lot of people, boys, before we move on, just lastly, I'll start with you, Spy. Do you have anyone else to, to add to this list that we maybe haven't spoken about? No one specifically, but I did just want to mention it's very easy to panic when you watch a bike like Tommy Trevojevic score 190-odd on a Sunday Arvo, um, but things change so quickly in this game. As you know, mate, you, you captained him on the weekend and hopefully started yourself a charge there. But literally what could happen in any of the coming weeks is one of the other fullbacks like Ponga or Pappenhausen or one of the boys could score 180 themselves and Trevojevic owners might get a 60 that week and you suddenly get 130, 140 points back straight away plus possible captaincy. So Des is a classic for it. Me and Tim always laugh at you, Desi, because you panic and you think your season's done and then you're like, actually, no, I'm back. (laughs) And that's how quickly 
that's how quickly things can change. So don't get too upset. Just, you know, ride that match, be disappointed, and then move on to the next week and have a look at how you're going to catch it catch it up. For sure, mate. It can change so, so quickly. Um, Desi, anything to add there? No, mate, not. Matty, any, any players you wanted to add that we haven't spoken about there? No, mate, I think he's covered all, you know, everyone that I've sort of uh, got my eye on. Beautiful, mate. Fellas, let's move on to our antipod and pod play of the week. I want one of each minimum. I'll start with you, Spy. Who have you got? All righty, let's go grab my notes. One of each minimum. Well, I don't have that for you. However, I was just going to mention Madison over Papalihi um, is a bit of a combination of both a pod and an antipod all in one. So that's one of each. Um, just the fact he's 200K cheaper, Maddo could potentially score equivalent or more to Papalihi, potentially, not a certainty, but over the next four or five weeks, pay you the buy, and then they might be a similar price by the end of that. So it's a little bit of a risky move. We obviously spoke about head knocks. Papalihi is absolutely killing it. But, I mean, Papalihi paid 80 last week, but without those those head knocks to Marnie and whoever it was, he might have only paid 60. We don't know. So it's just something you could take a gamble on if you wanted to. Mm. Um, and it's a decision I'll probably have to make potentially tonight pending the Fafita news. Yeah. Um, just quickly, Spy, Madison's got to be a sniff for Origin, doesn't he? Well, he wasn't really in the in the chat last year. I have a, this is based on... Ab- yeah, oh, let me look into that a bit more, but I thought he wasn't that close or is at least one or two injuries away. I know, I know he's in the mix. But let's have a chat about it off air and we'll, um, we'll get back to everyone because I didn't think he was that close, uh, especially coming off five weeks out of the game. But, I mean, he's a great player. Of course, he's, he's origin material. So let's have a chat and we'll we'll suss that out yeah. moving forward because that's obviously going to be an important component of the decision there. Yeah, you can touch on it in Spy Talk this week, mate. Uh, and the other one, to just to keep an eye on there, it's not going to help us this week, but Wanga Blake back for the Eels as well, which means Maradani Okora has been doing a great job at centre. I don't know if he goes back to centre next week, but I think he's out for a week uh, with a suspension. Um, so let's say Wanga Blake sta- um, starts at centre next week and Neocora goes to the bench. You know, just more more question marks over the back row rotation, um, in particular Papali'i. Um, Desi, you're any pod or pod play? Yeah, I actually said this bloke a few weeks ago in my antipod specific article, but I think Angus Crichton is a massive one right now. He's only averaging 67 or around around thereabouts, and just he's just not getting enough attacking ball to warrant keeper status that he's had in the past. Um, they do play the Cowboys this week, so he could go massive, but I see most top eight sort of sides being able to close down uh, most of his shenanigans on that edge. He's, they've wrapped up his offload arm, so I really think Angus's ceiling has gone down from 150-odd to maybe 100 this year. He's definitely looking limited a bit, isn't he? Um, Do you have a pod play there, mate? Yep, pod play is going to be bringing in Sean Johnson. You're doing Um, SJ. (laughs) Um, Oh, um, what? Against against a completely depleted South Sydney team. Um, Next to nobody in their right mind would bring in SJ this week, but (laughs) that's that's what makes it so perfect in my eyes. (laughs) You're mad. Um, he doesn't play the first buy round, but he does play the second one. So you're still getting the same value out of the trade down the track. Um, and I just think SJ's due to remind us all why he was the number one halfback in Supercoach for so long and why he's still the second best halfback. Mate, you've been hanging out with Maggie Maguire. Hey, watch SJ go huge. 
Mate, 104 break even. Nice draw, I'll give you that. Bunnies at Suncorp. Actually, I don't think that's that nice a draw as we think it is. They, they have injuries, but they're not too bad. Adam Reynolds back this week. Then they go the Dragons and Titans, so it is a good draw. Don't play round 13. Surely it's around 14 by. You would think so. You would think <laughs> so, but some, sometimes you just have to beat the park, get him in, and hope for the best. Mate, G will be exciting to watch for you. Mate, I like it. I like it. Um, go for it, Desi. Um, Maddie, what have you got for us? Uh, well, yeah, there's there's stole my antipod play with uh, <laughs> Angus there. Great, mine. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump to my pod play. My pod play is going to be Cody Walker this week. Uh, I know you touched on the Rabbitohs are a bit depleted and all that, but I think getting Reynolds back this week and a Sharks outfit, obviously, with the turmoil of um, John Morris even a couple of weeks ago and defensively they've been quite poor the last few weeks. I think they're, they're pretty vulnerable defensively and, Obviously, we know a red-hot Rabbitohs, when everyone's fit and firing there, uh, can pile on the points. And I still think they're going to be able to do that, you know, even though they're still missing Latrell and, and all these guys. Mm. But uh, I think Cody, a fullback there, playing that sweeping role. Um, um, I'm, I'm hoping he can, uh, as an owner, I'm hoping he can, uh, yeah, ton up this weekend and, and more so if, if possible. Um, and any pod play, um yeah, you, you stumped me now. Yeah, like you, can, you can stick uh, with Crichton, mate. You're allowed to double up on this. <laughs> yeah, I, if not, I was going to say maybe someone like uh, – I was going to say maybe Dane Laurie, for example. I mean – I love that he's, one. I'm sure he's owned by a lot of play, a lot of super coach owners out there. Um, it's just, yeah, with the turmoil, you know, the constant changes at the Tigers and all that, I just – I'm not, I'm not. It doesn't really, you know, instill me with confidence that they're going to go out and score well every week with all the changes all the time, and perhaps lead into a lack of cohesion and understanding between everyone. So um, I'm, I'm sure he's well owned. So I may decide to stick him on the pine as an anti-pod play this week. And yeah, you know, since since Simmonson has moved to the left edge for the Raiders, where Rapana had been scoring quite well, I've, I think I've. He's firm to, to sort of come and take my fourth centre wing spot. So mm. that, that could be a play this week. Yeah, and, mate, that's that's an antipod play in its own. Like, you don't have to sell um, Laurie, but you can – I mean, playing Simonson over Laurie this week, that's a huge antipod play in its own without actually involving trade. So, mate, I, I really like it. And if it wasn't for Kate were getting injured, I'd probably be considering pretty similar. Um, Spy, anything to add there, mate? I just wanted to say the Cody Walker shout's a great one, Matty. He's um even last week he scored nothing, but when he actually got some quality ball against Melbourne, he just looked as deadly as always. So uh, he gets Reynolds back. He's partnering crime. He'll do the organising on the inside, um and at Suncorp Stadium, it's a great place to attack. I've said it before. It's a it's a scorer's ground. Um, I'll be a little bit wary of watching Cody as a non-owner this week. Uh, so hopefully the Sharks can muscle up on – it is their preferred edge defensively, but that left-side attack of the Bunnies is amazing. Um, so it gets a fair shout. Yeah, and he, um, he, had, he threw that forward pass early in the Storm game last week, um, which yep. obviously would have had a try assist and line break assist. But yep, yep. If, if, you know, he obviously nailed that. You know, it could have maybe been a different game and, and whatnot. But um, I'm sticking with him, and yeah, hopefully he can come up big this week. Yeah, that's it. Desi, what do you reckon? Oh boys, I'm really off South Sydney right now. I think Cam oh. Murray, Cam Murray is just so crucial to that team, and without him, they just have they had zero go for it on the weekend. 
I think it's going to impact Cody Walker's scores, everyone in the entire South Sydney lineup, Damian Cook. I think they're all just kaput without Murray there, locking up the middle. Teams will slice them apart. I just don't see Cody getting enough attacking ball to warrant it. Hey, Des, do you think Sean Johnson outscores Cody Walker this week? I think he does. Case of beer? Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, he's walking. He's Let's walking. Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. No, I've I've got faith in my boy SJ for about seven force dropouts. Uh, Game on. One to watch there. Case of beer, mate. I'll have a just a case of carbon dry delivered to my doorstep, please. So but <laughs> Monday morning, I expect that. Um, <clears throat> hey, my um, any pod play one that I'm really tempted by. I don't think I'll be doing it this week, but before round thirteen, I think it's a huge, huge, huge play. Jerome Hughes. Three tons in a row, owned by 0% of the top 100, 0% of the top 1,000. Sammy Walker, 100% of both the top 100 and 1,000. Mate, Jerome Hughes, who plays round 13, Sammy Walker doesn't. Huge antipod play there to go Hughes to Sam Walker. Um, Hughes is the pod, Sam Walker outs the antipod. The Roosters have a nice draw coming up this week uh, and next week. So I'm thinking it's it's not only going to jump the gun on, but it's one I'm really monitoring over the next two weeks, and for round 13, I'm huge on it. Yeah, don't mind that. Don't mind that at all. He has Broncos and the Titans back-to-back, Jerome Hughes, 12 and 13, so I yeah. might even join you on that. Yeah, it's huge. Desi? Yep, don't mind it. Sweet, mate. Hey, lads, let's jump on to our top sport punting plays of the week quickly before we get on to our trades and skippers. Leaderboard so far, the Spy... The spy didn't wasn't on last week, so he didn't get one on. He didn't get his usual ten dollar loss, so he's got me covered again. Twenty up twenty seven fifty. I'm up twenty five fifty. Desi's down twenty one. Walsh is down thirty. A uh, bit harsh on Walsh, who hasn't been on for a couple of weeks, so not a chance to tick that over. But he does drop his tips in there in his uh, final word column, which have been doing pretty damn well. Our Friday preview that comes out each week, our punting tips, well over 100% ROI for the season. If you want to follow our tips, all marketing odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If joining, use the code SC Playbook. 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Spy, what have you got for us this week, mate? Yeah, I've got Penrith 30 plus on Sunday night versus the Titans. Uh, should should do that for us, I think. Uh, I'd like to get some odds for that. I don't know what it is. And Pappenhausen to score a double or more, obviously, two, two plus if he plays. So multi them together. I'm not sure what you get. We can check that out for us later in the weekend. And I guess if Pappenhausen doesn't play, then we'll make it a Nico Hines double. Like it, mate. Desi? Yeah, I've, I've gone a three-legger again. I'm, I'm really liking the overs on all these games because there's been so many points. Overs just keeps winning. So uh, I'm going overs... In the Tigers-Knights game, 43.5. Overs in the Broncos-Manly game, 44.5. And Roosters to cover the 11.5 line against the Cowboys and combine them for $7. Nice. Especially at a a very dry, hopefully a dry Suncorp Stadium. That could be points galore, mate. So I do like the overs this week. Matty, what have you come up with? Yeah, um, I'm I'm liking, yeah, this to to this again. I I was... Think plenty of uh, points to be scored up uh, up at Suncorp this week. Obviously, with the Magic Ground, um, I was thinking, yeah, the Knights overs against the Tigers. Um, oh man, I got to go and pick some of my own, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> nah, just that's all good. <laughs> just, just do yours. You're allowed, you're allowed to copy him, mate. I don't recommend copying yeah. as of all people, but you are, yeah, I haven't got any right, Matty. <laughs> don't follow me. Go unders. 
Well, you, you seem to be getting everything right with your Super Coach team, though. No, so. Oh, not this year. Not everything. <laughs> anyway, still time left to do that. But um, I'm going to go. I, I, I'm going to go on um, Ponga Ponga to score a double against the Knights. Nice. I don't know what the odds will be on for that. As a, as a non-owner, I'll be. Uh, yeah, well, unless yeah, maybe I go early on Puppy to, to Ponga this week. I'm not sure, <laughs> but. Uh, Got me thinking, and um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on uh, a, Brian, a Brian Toto uh, hat trick this weekend, also against the Titans. Lovely, mate. You have been listening to Des with these Larry massive odd sort of plays. So, geez, dangerous, dangerous stuff. Uh, I'm gonna go the Roosters to cover the eleven and a half line against the Cowboys. I think they can do it very comfortably. Um, and I won't throw it in the same one, but Daniel Tupu to score a try this week with Sammy Walker back special. Uh, Roosters to cover the line against the Cows. Eels to cover the only seven and a half line against the Warriors. I thought was very generous. Um, I think they should cover that quite easily at $3.80. Spy, trade skippers, round 10. What have you got? <clears throat> All right. It's, the team lists have thrown me out a little bit, but I've got a really big eye on um, Satili. Tupanur at the Roosters there. And someone on Twitter, as I said before, mentioned Tommy Flagler starting at lock now, leading to that buy. If I do go um, Stefano Tukamanu down to Tommy Flagler, that allows me to go Tuki Simpkin, who's a non-player for me, up to Tupanua, which I think is really good squad depth. Gives me some, some buy coverage for one of each round. So I'll probably have a look at that early. And the other one I've, I sort of wanted, and I've spoken about it on Twitter, is getting in... Um, I've gone totally blank. The, the Roosters winger, the right winger. Um, yeah, your boy. Yeah, I love him. So he was going to be my trade-in for Alex Johnson, but maybe that waits a week um, with Johnson up at Suncorp could go well. So I've just got to decide which way to go there, um, a bit to bit to unfold. And I was going to Captain Pappy, but it's probably going to be Cleary now, I yeah. think. Um, so the way it works out, Ponga would be my VC that way and Cleary as skipper on Sunday night. Hey, before we move on, I, I meant to bring this up earlier and didn't get to it. Um, we've gone for a while now, so we won't go for much longer. But Spy, you know, you're right up there in the rankings. Um, there'll be a lot of people – I mean, you're obviously not moving heaven and earth to get Tommy Turbo into your side. Some people will be. Um, why is it – I mean, you're not going to sell Pappenhausen to him, provided he plays. You've got Teddy there. Um, you're just going to ride without Tommy Turbo? Yeah, I think I've come this far now that I kind of need that bounce back from one of the boys um, to sort of gain a few points from last week. I certainly don't mind owning Tommy, and it's going to be a terrifying, terrifying watch this week against Brisbane. But when you own, already own Ponga, who's got the Tigers, and I think the Cowboys next week. I've got Pappenhausen, who's due back and has a nice run. Yeah. I'm just not going to sell one of those boys to Tommy. I'm going to hope they can match and go above and beyond from here on out. And there's still always the lingering risk of Trojevic's injuries, you know, so... I feel like I've missed the boat on Tommy. The time to do it was before last week. Um, so I'm going to back my other boys now. But if you owned, like, if I owned Teddy, I'd be nearly tempted to try and get Tommy in, to be honest. It's a bit of coin, and I wouldn't decimate my team to do it. But G Turbo's looking good. He's got Brisbane this week. Then he does have Para and Newcastle, then Origin. So maybe. I'm going to do a full-back rotation thing very soon. I think the time to get Turbo in might be around 14 or 15. Have a look yeah. at his draw. Nicely done, mate. Uh, Desi, your trade skippers for round 10. Uh, I've gone Munster out to Jerome Luai. I think 
that's just the most practical course of action. Yeah. And I'm going Schuster to SJ. I'm pulling the trigger on both of them. If, getting if in t- you're on that, carry on. Yep, going in, get, getting into new 5.8s, so will see Dewey, how it goes. Will Dewey become one of them if he's named at 5.8? Uh, yes, yes. But I'm pretty. I'm almost set in stone on SJ. I've just got a real good feeling about him. Like I had Fisher-Harris last week, and he went and scored a try and scored 90-odd points. I've just got that feeling about SJ. Oh. Got to back about, yourself, mate. Must he's about to yourself. go on a run. Yeah, so I might have to forego Luai for Dewey. And then swap him into Luai after the buy rounds. But for for captains, I'm going VC Ponga and C Cleary. Yeah, like it, Maddie. What have you got for us, mate? Yeah, I think I'm going to go Schuster to uh, either Dewey if he does move to five eight, or uh, I might go early on Luai. And then if uh, if Fafita does get suspended for a couple of weeks, I think I'm going to go him to Papali. Yeah, yeah. And what about skippers, mate? Uh, skippers. Um, I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go the VC on Cody Walker and C on. Uh, it was going. Yeah, it was going to be on Papi, but if he doesn't play, then I think I'll probably just go on Cleary. Yeah. Yeah, uh, tell you what, Pappy, the, the doubt over Pappy and people not really being able to skipper him, uh, gee, that makes me happy because I would have been so terrified watching him. He could have gone huge uh, at Suncorp this weekend. Uh, my trades are similar. If Fafita's out, I'm actually going to try and – I might save two trades this week. It, it's realistically, it's probably only going to be one. Um, but if Fafita's out, I'll probably be looking towards Papali'i or Maddo. I don't know which way to go there, and that's certainly not locked in. Again, the team news today has sort of rattled me a little bit. I haven't been too badly affected, but again, it'll be very Fafita dependent. Um, and then the other one I'm considering, I know it didn't go great last week, Bradman Best, but um, a nice draw, really nice draw coming up for the Knights and Best, two players round 13, potentially Capewell to him. Um, but I think either way, I'll be saving a trade somewhere this week. Skippers, vice captain at this stage, Tommy Turbo, uh, and my captain, Nathan Cleary. Could flip come the weekend and just straight skip a Tommy Turbo. Fellas, let's get into a few questions before we wrap it up. Um, and Spy, I'll throw this one to you um, because you, you are the man when it comes to adjudicating uh, how tries are awarded in Supercoach and certain stats. Question from Ryan Hughes. Do you think Supercoach should go to last touch gets the try assist? He says it seems like a simple solution to an ongoing problem. No way is my opinion. I know people differ from me, but you want to reward the bike that does the most work. Um, if someone throws a fantastic three-man cutout to the centre who then runs one metre and passes it to the winger, do you want the bike, do you want the centre getting that? Not for me. And I kind of like the conjecture around triassists. It keeps a bit of interest. And despite the blow-ups on Twitter, I've gone through everything this year. They tend to get it right. I even had Cleary as skipper last week, and I was certain he was owed a try assist for that cutout to Crichton. And when he didn't get it, I was like, I couldn't quite understand because they're normally pretty consistent given the templates they use. I went back and had a look, and he actually did start about half a metre inside his back rower. So technically, that's a sweep, and that's how they play it. So I think that's fine. Um, I just think it's too 
to be honest, just boring if the centre just gets it all the time. You want your halves and, and fullbacks and, and hookers and all that on the inside getting the opportunity to get try assists. Uh, I'm I'm very strong advocate, advocate for the current system. Uh, one thing I would like to see, though, is just to probably put out some guidelines on how they do things because it would be pretty easy to do and it would make a lot of people just understand how they adjudicate things better. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm with you, mate. It would it, make it very boring. <clears throat> Centres would become so valuable, but... You know, the ease of some of their tip-ons that they get, to be getting like a tri-assistant line assist for that, um, you know, it, 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 it'd get rid of a lot of these grey areas and keep people happy and there'd be less blasts, but I'm with you. It'd be boring. Um, the playmakers and the halves throwing these big balls and doing all the hard yards, they deserve to be getting rewarded for it, even if there is the odd blast from time to time. Um, it's part and parcel with the game. Desi, one from Craig Smith. Hey, boys, sitting in 191 overall. Awesome stuff, mate. Thinking of going straight from Teddy back to Lil Pappy this week. Let's say we assume Pappy's playing. Um, a hypothetical, we don't know at this stage. Money not an issue. Just wondering if the three weeks prior to Origin will give me enough upside in points. My other option will be someone like Dewey and keep him till after Origin. Uh, what do you reckon, Des? Well, first of all, congrats on the rank there, Craig. Um, I would not be trading out Tedesco at 500k. I just... I see it as madness. He's, he's a 700, 800K player. He'll get back to that price at some point in the season. Um, I, I can see all these sort of fullbacks averaging around the same by the end of the season. It's just a matter of getting them on them when they have their hot tears and then jumping off to the next guy. So it's, mm. it's going to be about rotation. So yeah. if you think that Pup's going to outscore Teddy by that much in three weeks, I, I just don't see it being worth it for that amount of money that you're going to lose on Teddy. Um, I, I would be going Dewey for sure. Look, we've dropped the uh, we've dropped the bold predictions for the time being, but I think Teddy goes back to back tons the next two weeks against weak opposition, uh, and he's going to repay the faith of all those who held. So I'd be holding on to Teddy, uh, despite the temptation of Pappy, who, who hopefully before the weekend or you know well before Sunday we find out if Pappy's playing this weekend, uh, and and Belly Eight doesn't play too much, uh, you know, smoke screens for us on that one. Hey, Maddie, put your eel, take your eels goggles off. One from Luke Richo. Would you be getting Tohu or Maddo this week? I think I think I would go Maddo, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think there's probably more upside in him being more of a pot at the moment, um, more upside to him doing well. Uh, obviously, you got the injury uh, question mark that's over his head, but you know, there's no guarantee that he'll get injured or anything, and any player can get injured in any moment. So... Uh, I think at, at the price and the upside and ceiling, I think Maddo edges uh, Tohu for me. Maddie, I'm not sure you actually took the, the Eels goggles off there, but I tend to agree <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> uh, sometimes when you've had them on so long, it's uh, it's hard to take them <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boys, Chase Martin. Uh, am I crazy to play Simonson over Brian Kelly this week? Desi? Uh Yes, I think so, yes. I think Simonson's had one good game. I think Kelly is one of the best center wings in the comp and his base is probably just as good as Simonson with probably higher upside. Um, I just I think Kelly has much more to offer in attack. Simonson is way more dependent on halves feeding him the ball and centers feeding him the ball, whereas Kelly can create stuff out of nothing himself. So I think he's the better option. Just quickly, Desi, uh, Titans play the, the Panthers, though, and Canberra have the Doggies, so that's got to be a huge consideration. 
yeah, all right, I changed my mind. Please, Simonson. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, I agree with what you're saying, but this week's probably something different. Yeah. Uh, boys, I'm going to wrap it up with a question of my own, and it's probably one that I'm facing and one that a lot of super coaches are going to be facing. Get all your thoughts on it because it's going to be massive. And when we talk about sit starts each week, you know, we've all got this fair bit of squad depth at the moment, a lot of cheapies who will be getting out of our team soon. Who do you sit? Who do you start? Um, Michael Fisher, who one of the SC Playbook contributors, does a great job. He's just started in his weekly column doing really, really good analysis on the players you should be sitting and starting. He actually said to sit Cody Walker last week for his 14 or whatever, so bang on the money in his first week. Um, all right, let's say people have got – let's say everyone in Supercoach owns Kurt Capel or they're looking to, to replace the centre wing this week. They've got an option out, out of Charlie Staines, um, Bailey Simonton, who obviously plays the Dogs there, Staines against the Titans – and Jason Saab, who is on an absolute try-scoring tear, who comes up against these the Broncos. Um, Desi, of those three, in order, how would you be playing them? I think Simonson. You have to you have to play him against a Bulldogs team that is just so woeful. Um, their right right edge defense is terrible, so I, I can see him scoring a hat trick quite quite comfortably this week. Jeez. Um, and then I'd go Staines, and then Saab last. That's a lot of faith in the Raiders, mate, and I'm all for it. Spite, your order? I'll tell you what, they're all pretty good plays on this week. I'll go Staines, coming off a hat-trick and a bit of combination with Crichton on that right edge now. Just ahead of Saab, who could score anything against Brisbane outside Tommy T. Uh, and then Simmonson third. Not because I don't like the play, just because the other two have really good matchups. Yeah. Maddie, what's your order, mate? Yeah, I think I'm going Simonson. Simonson, Saab and Staines in that order for me. Um, like I just said, uh, since since Simonson's moved to what I feel from what I've seen of the Raiders, uh, I, I know that the Raiders do like to go quite direct and through the middle and score mm. a lot of tries through, obviously, Papali and second row forwards and, and Jack White and himself and all that. Um, I do think when they do go wide, they tend to go more left than they do right. And I think with him having, you know, providing that he keeps his spot on the left wing, uh, I just think you're just going to perhaps see more ball than, I guess, a, a left-side dominant Penrith team that doesn't really go right too often either. And I guess this, the same for Manly a little bit. But I think since Turbo's come in, for, for me, that's why Saab edges Staines is that they now have the ability to go both ways a little bit more rather than going out to, to Garrick's side as well when, when Turbo wasn't there. So mm. that's the reasoning behind my order. Yeah, not like it, mate. I mean, Saab... He got Saab's had some just ridiculous amount of three tries last week. He's at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tries in the last five weeks. Desi, yeah, I've actually I've got a question from Maddie here. Um, since we have him on on the show, I thought I'd uh, get it off my chest. Um, so Go we've got a, a pub futsal team uh, running in <laughs> back home in Sydney here. And Recruiting I'm, you? I'm the goalkeeper <laughs> right now, and I'm not I'm not performing. Very well. My teammates are looking for a replacement. Uh, are you? Uh, yeah. Are you about? We've already asked uh, Mark Bosnish, but he said he's retired <laughs> for good. Can we? Can we get you in? Yeah, mate. When I'm when I'm back on home soil, then uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in for it, mate. Just uh, give me a call. And uh, but from what I hear, mate, um, I'm going to have a tough job of getting between the sticks because yeah, the guy who's in there does a, does a good job. <laughs> Oh, Matty, you can come off the bench, mate, maybe, for Desi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to play that impact role, you know, That's 10, it. 15 minutes. That's if, it. If I need, so, 
Yeah. Oh, the, only, the, the team's going to be stoked to hear that. The only, the only benefit of Desi, Desi creaking goals is that there's no room between the side post and his love handle, so it's pretty hard to squeeze it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, boys, at the end of the day, the end of the day, if they keep the ball out the net, then you know, job done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the selfless team player that Desi is willing to give up his spot for the Socceroos goalkeeper. Uh, Desi, on that note, mate, you've been big as usual. Thank you, mate. Cheers, mate. Spite. Thanks, boys. And cheers, Maddie, for coming on. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in.